Good evening and welcome to another show of harmonics. I'm Gregor Korea and I'm the host. Today's guest is one of my favorite friends. Known him a long, long time. He's a legend around this area and he's also the singer of Earthquake, the present day Earthquake, Mr. Johnny O'Day. Johnny, what is up, brother? <laughs> About time, man. It's been a long time, man. Uh, not only that, brother, you are straight out of Oakland. What's Sorry. funny, when, when John and I seen each other today, we actually were saying, he was going to wear this t-shirt, I'm wearing Earthquake, <laughs> and, he, and he's wearing straight out of Oakland. It is funny. You know, so as Oakland boys, Oakland boys, man, and lived there a long time, uh, how you been doing, first of all? Been doing good, man. Uh, you know, trying to stay in shape, mm -hmm. you know, take care of my body, take care of my voice, and mm -hmm. it's tough where I live, where everybody lived this year, the fires. And uh, it's a good thing that we didn't do any gigs because that really would mess up, you know. Yes. Uh, you try to push through that and it'll really mess your voice up. Totally, so, totally. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I, do, I got a retirement job and uh, right now I've got my three months uh, furlough. Good. So, uh, you know, I'm getting everything ready for winter. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's kind of slow this year, winter, mm -hmm. but which is good. Right. You know, for me. Yes to get everything done, because I got kind of like a little farm ranch, not farm, but more of a ranch, mm -hmm. horse ranch, mm -hmm. you know, uh, lightweight, but uh, it's you gotta have there. firewood up there, man. You gotta- All year, uh, huh? Yeah, freezing mm -hmm. pipes gotta be uh, Coiled insulated. Coiled up insulated, yes. Yeah. So let's, um, let's go into a little bit about, uh, I'm glad that you're here because I know that we were making contact and you know, about what was happening to you up there and mm -hmm. God bless you for being here. And oh, thanks. How's your beautiful wife? She's great. Hello, darling. She's, she'll be watching. Okay, there you go. So <laughs> I, let's, let's, I want to, you know, the reason why I, I want you here is because I want to I track some of your history. Okay. What made Johnny O'Day uh, interested in music and being a, a front man? Because we're going to talk about some of the bands that you're in, Air Raid, you're mm -hmm. in Black Tiger, of course, we'll, we'll go extensive on that. Yeah. Tell me when it all started for you. Wow. Um, I wanted to be a singer when I was a kid, but you know, professionally, I, I wasn't looking professionally. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I went to Catholic school. Of course. And I was in the choir, you know, I was an altar boy. So I always sang, you know, we always sang at home. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad had albums, uh, you know, a little record player. Of course. That, well, yeah. big record player. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I just always listened to my dad when he was, playing like Roy Orbison albums. He was singing along with him while he was like vacuuming. The great Roy you know? Orbison. And uh, so that was like, you know, one of the first singers that I, I thought, wow, this guy's got a great voice besides Elvis, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. And this was probably right around the time that the Motown singers were coming around. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, I was probably like, well, I was seven when, when the Beatles did Ed yeah. Sullivan. Okay. So that was probably the main 
influence was the Beatles, because you know how it was. Oh, do I? I mean, first Beatles album that we got to hear, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're going to be on TV live. Mm -hmm. February you know? 9th. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I was only like seven years old. Mm -hmm. and uh, But just watching that and seeing the, the, the girls screaming and all that, and then, you know, seeing like Elvis, you know, and the girls are like, you want to kiss and give me your handkerchief. And, right, exactly. You know, so you, I'm thinking, well, you know, mm -hmm. these guys, they got it with the girls. They got something going on. <laughs> That's what it was about, right? Yeah. When we were young, exactly. So, yeah, that was, uh, so to put it in a, you know, like, what year did I really think about, you know, playing music? Yes. I started playing guitar first. Okay. When I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Fiori's music in Oakland. Okay. Oh, right. right? Wow. Okay. So uh, I was taking lessons in, and I wasn't really thinking about singing and playing guitar. I just wanted to be a guitar player, mm -hmm. you know. But when I got in my, you know, mid-teens, I started wanting to play songs and sing, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I quit reading music. I, you know, I quit yeah. the lessons. I can understand. And I picked up a guitar later on, bought, you know, earned enough money to buy my own guitar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went out and got all the, the you know, the Doobie Brothers uh, music book and all these, these cool album books, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and uh, started learning how to play and sing. And uh, I was, to go into the next phase, there weren't a lot of people to play with. Exactly. You know, and you know that in Oakland, mm -hmm. there was no real music scene in Oakland. Mm -mm, no. You know, you had to find a band. Mm -hmm. You had to, to go find a guy that, or a couple guys that play guitar and right. drums. Right. If you were cool, you had drums. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I was lucky to have a brother, Marco, man. Yeah. So, I mean, we would get in people's garages and, you know, have the police come and <laughs> turn it on the amps yeah. too high. My mom came home one time, is she gone? Okay, we, all our friends came over, we had all the amps and guitars in the, in the garage and we were just jamming. Right. And all of a sudden somebody comes and knocks on your mom's coming down the hill. <laughs> oh man, I heard it. We we got it for that. And the neighbors were all peed. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, uh here's a story about why I decided not to play guitar anymore. Uh, I was playing with a guy from Oakland mm -hmm. and we were just jamming at his house and we put together a couple guys. Right. Just to just to play. To play. We just jam, you know, if somebody yeah. played, you know, a chord progression and we'd follow. But uh, I remember this guy, Daryl St. Dennis, he, he's passed away mm -hmm. recently. Um, and uh, we used to jam. And one day he said, you know, maybe you ought to put the guitar down and just concentrate on the singing. And I, I was offended kind of. I was like, hey, man, I'm pretty good. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, no, no. You got to look at it in the long run. You know, if you want to be a good singer, you know, you got to take that guitar off and be a front man. You know? It was him that was gave, him. gave you that suggestion. Yeah. Interesting. And with, you know, Facebook, uh, we got together on Facebook before he passed away. Mm -hmm. And I reminded him of that. And he goes, you know, I forgot that, but it sounds like what, something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's, you know, basically oh, where I got started mm -hmm. to even think about looking for a band mm -hmm. and then finding like I said finding a real band came after that mm -hmm. so so when you what was your first band my first band was uh, it was a band from Oakland called Hange H-A-N-J-E mm -hmm. and whenever I would tell somebody the name they go hands and I go no Hange mm -hmm. yeah which is kind of like a slang word for like can you handle it can you handle it mm -hmm. can you hange mm -hmm. and it was Tom Allen uh, from O'Dowd 
and uh, Jim Med, you know the mm -hmm. Med brothers, mm -hmm. Dave Med. He was yeah, I've heard that tubes name a long and, time. Yeah, and uh, I forgot the, the the original drummer. I forgot what his name was, but um, I started writing. Well, here's how I got in. Uh, the Ruska brothers were really good friends with Tom Allen, and mm -hmm. uh, after high school, I I hadn't seen him, so it was probably about I was probably 19, mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, man. They got a good band, but they need a singer, because they would play all the, the parties and stuff in right, Oakland. Right. Oh yeah, there was. But, that started happening then. Right, but they play Lagrange without singing. You know, they'd play these songs without vocals. Oh. Or once in a while, the drummer would sing. Right. You know, and so I said, uh, "Well, get a hold of Tom Allen, man. You got to do this for me." We were sitting in his car drinking beer, and we were talking. You know, <laughs> and I said, "Let him know that I want to sing for him. He knows me. Mm -hmm. We went to grammar school and high school together." He said, all right, all right, man. And I, I hounded him. He goes, all right, okay. You have to be persistent. I know. In this business, you have to be You persistent. do, man. Yeah. I, and like I said, in Oakland, man, there was nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I used to go down to Alameda and jam with the Alameda All-Stars. Mm -hmm. You know, that's another and Brad, story. that's a whole other thing. With Chauncey thing. and Brad yeah. and Tommy T. All those guys. Tommy Thompson mm -hmm. and uh, Sprayberry, all those All of them. Badass all guys. Great guys, great musicians. And, uh, Night Ranger. The Night Ranger, yeah. yeah. But, um, and so... Uh, Anyway, so I get this gig. I, I get an audition for Hanch. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, okay, sound pretty good. You got a soulful voice. And so we pick out a couple more cover tunes, and then we start writing original songs. That's even better. And it's the first time I'd ever really written a song, you know. And we had, we had some pretty good songs. Mm -hmm. And uh, our first gig was at the, um, the San Leandro Marina. You know that stage oh, there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we had a gig lined up after that at Centennial Hall for, uh, it was a benefit for like cystic fibrosis or something mm -hmm. like that. But anyway, so, you know, I'm in the band and then all of a sudden, you know, they're talking about, hey, you need to take some, some voice lessons. And I'm like, hey man, I don't need to take no voice. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. that's like telling somebody, hey man, you gotta learn how to play that guitar. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yes, more personal course. because it comes out of you. It's out of you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, they, you know, he mentioned it and stuff and I, I just said, yeah, whatever, and, and put it off. But a couple guys that were hanging around the band and stuff, they didn't really like me very much. Mm -hmm. And I was getting cocky, mm -hmm. you know. I was like, well, you're the front man, dude. Yeah, you know, first you gotta gig, get cocky, right? Uh, first gig, and then uh, so they fired me, mm -hmm. um, and they got this other guy. That, and then the band never really went mm -hmm. very far after that. But we did meet again later on, and mm -hmm. uh, I got some redemption. There you go. Um, there we you we go. did a gig with them later mm -hmm. on, and and uh, the, another band that I had gotten in after that, we just smoked those guys. Mm -hmm. You know, was that Air Raid? No, no. no this before Air Raid, it was. Uh, Manta, oh, Manta. Uh, with Danny Gill. Mm -hmm. Danny Gill was a 16-year-old, just, just a wizard, wizard guitarist. Mm -hmm. He ended up going down to L.A. Um, is he still around? Or is he? Going? Yeah, I I think he's still giving guitar lessons okay. and stuff. But he went. You know, when I met him, his parents were like um, uh, teachers at Cal Berkeley. Uh -huh. So I mean, this kid was really brilliant. You know, and he was going to Berkeley High. Mm -hmm. And uh, but anyway, that was like like the third band after that. Mm -hmm. I, I played with some guys in Oakland, uh, Bob Jordan, mm -hmm. you know Bobby Jordan, mm -hmm. um, Bob Locklear, um, and uh, Bruce Jackson, mm -hmm. we, we all played together, and uh, Bob Locklear, we used to call him Blurb. He was this little kid, he looked like Neil Sean, man. He had his, little he was about five feet tall. 
<laughs> had this big Neil Sean hair, little Neil little Sean. mustache, Les Paul, mm-hmm. and he he loved Journey. He he was like, he wanted to be Neil Sean, mm-hmm. you know. Of course. So, uh, you know, the ba- that band, it wasn't the kind of rock and roll I wanted to be in. I I loved Journey, mm-hmm. and I and they were into Santana heavy too, mm-hmm. but it was more progressive, mm-hmm. and uh, the singer didn't fit real good with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So we did that for a while, played parties and, and stuff in Oakland, and I just kind of got tired of it and, and quit. Mm-hmm. That's when I got into Manta with Danny Gill. Because, I mean, you know how it is when there's not that many singers. No. So when a guitar player hears... There's two right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, yeah, you're right. But when a guitar player hears that, oh, that guy's available? He'll take you. Snag him now. Right now. So, man, I'd quit a band or, or get, you know, I only got fired once. Mm-hmm. So I quit a band. It was my first band. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get a phone call from somebody like within a week. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you know, we got this going on and, and that going on and mm-hmm. come on over. So, it was and you know how it is. We were playing in garages. Oh, man, we played everywhere. Everywhere you could play. You know? No, but I mean rehearsing. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I was lucky. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. yeah. I was very lucky on that. Brick garages with or concrete mm-hmm. and it just, just blasting you echoed and yeah. you know you got probably not even this much room to play. no no you're playing five guys in a room about 10 by 10 <laughs> if that <laughs> if that and then you know they can't hear the vocals because they're playing so loud the drums and, yeah, and everything yeah. but anyway so uh yeah i i played in that band with uh with danny gill and, and then um bruce jackson left the band and me and bruce were pretty close mm-hmm. And I thought that they should have kept Bruce because there was no reason. Uh, it was go. like an image thing. They wanted to be like the Scorpions. Mm-hmm. And Bruce just would take his shirt off and play, kind of like Leonard used to, with, oh, with short, with gym shorts. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and tennis yeah. shoes, or um, tennis shoes, but yeah, it would white, white basketball. Socks. Right, right, socks, exactly, you know? just like Len. And so they wanted, you know, we used to go to San Francisco to uh, Castro Street to buy our clothes. <laughs> These guys, are, these guys. <laughs> That's are, good because was, you know you have to you have to have that appeal. That was I the mean, only place yeah. that you could get get really nice sequence. You yeah. know, you know the whole thing. Yeah, I understand. And Danny Gill, uh, he had taken the Scorpions. He was a big Scorpion fan, so uh, he found out the hotel where they were staying, mm-hmm. and he went and met the Scorpions, and they dug him because they didn't speak English. Oh. I think only Klaus was the only one that spoke English. Probably. And Danny would take them everywhere they wanted to go, tell them how to get here. They'd take Bart. And he took them over to San Francisco to buy their clothes. Over in Castro District. Over on Castro Street. <laughs> and if you, you know those bumblebee black and, yeah, and yes, gold uh, tank tops? Well, yeah. that's where Klaus got that. Oh, is was, that right? On that video? On uh, that video. Uh-huh. And I had one, too. I bought one. After that's that. okay. But it was weird, like, you know, walking down Castro Street, you know, and these guys are leaning up against the wall, like, looking at you. And it was yeah. like, oh, shit, you know. Is this fresh? Are this fresh meat? Yeah, look at this young, <laughs> young, fresh meat. But um, but anyway, uh, that that band fell apart. But that was the band that I got back at. Uh, and, it mean, you know, how it means oh, if you get fired oh, from a band. Man, you want all That's how I, we did a gig with uh, Hange mm-hmm. at, like, the Eagles, Cl- Eagles Hall on MacArthur Boulevard. Okay. Of course. And we just smoked those guys. And, and Tom Allen came up and, and he goes, hey, man, he goes, you guys, you guys killed us. And I said, yeah. Well, and I tried to be cool. I go, no, man, you know. And he goes, no, you guys, yeah. you guys killed us. So I, you know, 
Felt good, didn't it? It felt good. Sure does. You know, sure and, does. and I had already, by that point, I had went to, uh, to search for uh, voice lessons, and I, mm -hmm. I found Claudine Spent, mm -hmm. Donnie Spent from the Rubenews' mom. Oh. And she gave all the Rubenews their lessons. Great Eddie band. Money. Great band. I think Rubenews. Greg, maybe, uh, Ken, and mm -hmm. all those guys. Mm -hmm. I, all the guys on the Berserkly. That whole, yeah, that whole catalog of great musicians, man. That's, that's oh, a man. great story right there. As, that's, yeah. And so that's where you picked it up at? That's where I started with my voice lessons. Um, and then I, I stopped with her. Um, and I, you know, I got into some other bands. Mm -hmm. um, and then I found another lady, um, Kathy Ellis. Is that the lady that? She was over in the city. Okay. And she lived up above. She had to go through the, the Broadway tunnel to get to her place and then cut up. There was a restaurant on the corner and then her street was like this. And she lived in like this, it was like a studio apartment. Mm -hmm. She had the piano and gave lessons, but uh, she was great. Mm -hmm. um, she was the one that really taught me how to sing with my breathe. diaphragm and breathe. Yes, yes. Right. Because when Claudine was trying to teach me, I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. Mm -hmm. She was an opera singer. Mm-hmm. And so she's all, you, you got to sing with your diaphragm, but mm -hmm. Kathy Ellis, the first thing, first you had to audition for her. You, she, she wouldn't just take you. you. Right. Um, and she told me, she said, I can't teach a turd how to sing. Mm -hmm. That is her exact words. So she'd lay you on the ground, That's right. take a pair of drumsticks and put a weight on your chest mm -hmm. and say, okay, one, two, three, four. Working breathe in and out working it yeah working now that's that's your diaphragm mm -hmm. and now to be able to get now, i could barely get it up mm -hmm. you know not <laughs> you know what i mean yeah of course it's your stomach right my stomach <laughs> let's not go there i'm not i oh, know <laughs> but you people out there thinking uh, no no don't even, hey hey don't think don't that even way. think that Okay. But anyway, um, <coughs> so she goes, uh, you're going to have to work hard to get your voice. Uh, you know, some Strong. people have it and some people you have to run. You really got to work. And out. you have to, you know, concentrate on your diaphragm when you're running and you got to do your scales. Right. That she gave me. Mm -hmm. She was a great piano player. She'd play a lot. Would she give you work. the, just, she gave you a couple of like C scales or just like the, you know, ba da 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 Remember in school? Yeah. When you yeah, up? it was me. Right. And sometimes you do bird sounds. Right. Boop, boop, boop. It's, <laughs> you know, it's all, you know that. <laughs> yeah. You just try to open this and up uh, and here. Uh, you know, yeah. The glottis thing yeah, and, you and know. The, to loosen that up. Yeah. But it was ma, ma. And there was like these different variations. Oh, most definitely. But, you know, it was like about a 40 minute uh, practice. Every you day. Know. You have to do it every day or every, as much as you can. And then you get to a point, and you know this, uh, you get to a point where you are, you know how to handle yourself when you're going on yeah. stage. You know, uh, yeah. you, it's just one of those things. I wanted to get to Air Raid with you. Okay. That was That was up. a real great band. Yeah. I know you had a lot of experience in Livermore with that. With yeah. that, with that unit and Pleasanton and all that. Yeah. You guys were really tough. What was, who was all in that band? Um, that was basically Manny Deleuze, Manny D. Um, he was the drummer and, and he was pretty much the guy that put together the band, Tommy Mary, mm -hmm. Eric Johnson, mm -hmm. and Bob Starkweather was mm -hmm. the bass player. Mm -hmm. We had double guitars with um, Tommy Eric Mary and Eric Johnson. You, you guys are great. And they were just like, uh, yeah. I mean, they would, I'd come to the studio and they'd been there all night. Mm -hmm. sure. you know, pr check this out. 
this double lead solo that we're going to do here and there. And then like, girls would bring them pizzas and 12 packs, yeah. you know. Right. I mean, you know about all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. So let me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on a, a little okay. bit. Ta you, you did some, Scotty London. Mm -hmm. I know you and Scotty are very good friends. Right. Uh, you guys are in Earthquake together, which the rhythm section is really great. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your album that you did with, uh, your EP, I think it is, with uh, Oh, with Tommy. Tommy yeah. You brought him up. Tell me about Tommy. Well, okay, so, well, here's where the Tom Allen thing resurfaces, because we got, together on Facebook, um, friends, and he said, I'm going to do an album pretty soon. Um, why don't you write some songs? And, and I said, okay, you know. So I wrote a song or two, and then I started writing more songs, and I said, hey, I got enough. He goes, well, why don't you, we just do an album? He had a record company. Tommy he said, Tommy Allen. Yeah, oh, Tommy Allen. Tommy did. Allen. Oh. And uh, this was the guy from Hanch. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, Look, we're going to do an album. I already talked to my partner. His partner was the bass player from the Counting Crows. Oh, shit. And uh, he had his own record label. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went to his house in Livermore with um, like seven or eight, six or seven songs. And I played them for him. And he's like, wow, these are great. And so I laid them down so he could, you know, work on work them on. And, and play guitar and, and arrange them and stuff. And uh, about a week later when I went home, I, I said, look, I got another song. And I want Leonard Hayes to play, drum, play drums on it. And he just wigged out. No, no, Leonard Hayes, no way. We're, he's not playing. And, and I thought, what the hell, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Leonard, you know, and I told Leonard this later. And he goes, man, people always tell me that shit. Mm -hmm. He goes, I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, but he, he thought Leonard was bad news and, and he didn't want, so I said, I said, okay, well, you need to talk to the guy on your label. I was gonna pay for this extra song. Mm-hmm. You know? And so he called me. He he didn't call me. He texted me the next day and said, the album's off. Hmm. And I was pissed. I was like... So um, I called up Leonard and Joey, and they, they said, hey, man, we'll help you. We'll do it. Mm -hmm. But then as time went by, um, I talked to Tommy Mary because we had done recordings before. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd, we'd been in a couple bands together. Right. And we've done stuff. Your brothers. Yeah, in Your and out. Musical brothers, yeah. And uh, Tommy said, I'll do it. He goes, I'll move up to where you live for a couple months, find me a house to rent, and we'll record it there. So that's what we did. That's a great album. Yeah. It's a great, you, you it, sound great on that. It was a lot of fun, thank you. You know what, when, you're, when, you, when you do create, I know when you do create and all that, and, and, it's a, and it's a process, it just doesn't come overnight, and it takes then when you present it to a band. What, what normally, what key do you like to sing in, or does it really matter to you? I mean, um, what key, if somebody says, you know, we're going to play it in E, what, what key do you normally want? Mainly A and C. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a key guy. Mm -hmm. I just, I make up a melody. And you could hear it, and then they, you're, it, it's the guitar player that takes that over. Right. So when you did that, you did that. And then how, let's, Black Tiger. You played with right. two rock and roll uh, in my Bay Area mind. legends, yeah, for sure. just for I mean, sure, man. Great guys, yeah. Uh, toured all over the world, and and were just great. You got into a bland, band called Black Tiger, yeah. Um, Who's your bass player? The bass player was Sergio. Oh God, he's gonna kill me for for forgetting his last name. We're sorry, Sergio, but sometimes in being <laughs> forgetful, that just happens. You know, in the rock scene. I used to call him the Italian Stallion. Okay. You know, he was this You're big, handsome Italian. young kid from San Francisco. I think he was only like nineteen. Mm -hmm. 
But man, I mean, he he had the look. He was a great bass player, and he had a good background voice. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I, Rick Milicicci brought him in. Rick and Rick Milicicci was he was badass too. Yes, he was. He I played with a bunch of times with him. Yeah, he had Dave's riffs all the way down, and I had Dave's vocals down. Mm -hmm. um, the way I got in was Manny D from Air Raid called me up. Uh, on a Saturday night, I was sitting in my house and uh, probably watching an MTV or something. Mm -hmm. Back and he goes, day, hey, wow, he goes, I'm coming to get you right now. He said, Joey wants to audition you for a band him and Leonard are putting together. And I said, when? He goes, now. I'm coming to get you. And I go, all right. So he came and got me and we went out to Fremont to Joey's uh, apartment. Mm -hmm. And Joey's sitting there in the dark on the couch with his guitar. Mm -hmm. And I had already done stuff with Joey. Right. And... Uh, Hey Johnny, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, uh, you know this one, don't you? And he started playing like Earthshaker. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, okay. Um, you know this one, uh, Nasty Sadie. Mm -hmm. uh, then he went to like Black Tiger, a couple yeah, songs that off is. that. And he goes, you got the gig. He goes, I already wanted you, but I just wanted to see. If you wanted us. Or however that how it would work the, chemi and, the chemistry yeah and he goes I wanted to be able to tell Leonard that I actually did audition you mm -hmm. <laughs> but his girlfriend was in the kitchen and she's like looking around the corner you know mm -hmm. and so I shit you know I'm just like it just ha happened so fast mm -hmm. you know and so um how long were you guys together we were together did hmm. you did you guys do any any you didn't do any recording on that? Uh, no, no, we were gonna and then it just kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. um, and then Leonard actually left after that and went to uh, to England and played with Ian Gillen. Right. So I think Leonard already had that in the works, mm -hmm. and and he we were probably about a year and a half together, mm -hmm. and we played everywhere. I mean, everywhere. we played the Stone yeah. twice, headline. Uh, all those play um, Nile Station. We we set the record at Nile Station. Yeah, you destroyed Nile Station. Yeah, we blew. Uh, who was it? It was Benny and the Jets had the record. Mm, Benny, is I, Benny I, still around? No, Benny passed away. He did, huh? Yeah. And yeah. then who was it? Who was the other guy? Um, Stretch. Stretch, but there was another Larry gentleman. Litz. Uh, Larry Litz. I don't know. Yeah, he was around. That's and, when the Benny and the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. They, so that was kind of interesting. They were they were great bands. They were bad. Yeah. They won the battle of the bands, and mm -hmm. then they kind of there were some Dissipated, differences between yeah. Larry and Benny, and then uh, they got I forgot what the other guy's name was mm -hmm. that they replaced Larry with. Oh, that's that's. It, they didn't. It was hard to replace Larry Litz. So, how did you? get into the the legendary band Earthquake with Robbie Dunbar <laughs> and you and all you shoot right now you got an all-star lineup really yeah I mean you got you got on bass you Jimmy know, Jet Jimmy Jet your rhythm guitar we just mentioned his name a few times Scotty. The, the great Scotty's Scotty a lead player too man oh he's badass too. Scotty I mean Scotty's been playing a lot of leads in this in this band oh, yeah he's great and and Robbie's saying you play the slide you know, oh, like oh, Bob Bell. Oh, oh, right. Robbie oh, said, you play the slide. You're, you're a better slide player than me. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Uh, yeah. And, you and, got, was, and then you got, you, then you also just added, you know, um, the great Ken's former drummer. Right. One of the best, in, you know, just is always exuberant. The great Larry Lynch, man. Mr. Lynch. I mean, Larry, talking. Larry, you'd bad. You know that. We've already <laughs> talked. You got to get on that show, man. You know, that was a tough decision. Uh, we had uh, Ralph Bankus, um, and he came out when we first rehearsed. Yeah, Ralph was rehearsed, great, too. And, he wasn't really supposed to be in the band. He was just going to come in and fill in. 
Or just get us going until we got a drummer. Okay. Um, it was just me and Jimmy and Larry. I mean, excuse me, me and Jimmy, Robbie, and Ralph mm -hmm. uh, at Guitar Center Studios mm -hmm. in uh, Shell Mound in Emeryville. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ralphie played pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, Ralphie's a great drummer. He's oh, most definitely. He's from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and Robbie boy. said, okay, man, you're in the band. And, and it just happened really fast. But uh, so then we, uh, they asked if I knew any guitar players. And I said, yeah. yeah. My first choice was Winston Wong. God rest his soul. What, yeah. a great, what a great soul. And he could sing like a bird. He was, oh, he's he was great. like uh, Al Chan. Yeah. He had the high vocals and, mm -hmm. and he was just a monster on guitar. Mm -hmm. but, and he's the first one I called, but I didn't know that he was sick. Mm. He, he had cancer. Mm. I didn't know that. He, I tried to get him on the show and he said, nobody wants to hear my story. I go, come on, man. We'll yeah, he was. You know, he was humble. He was humble. I, I think that he was still, you know, he was starting to kind of regress a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but anyway, he didn't tell me he had cancer. He just goes, no, you know what? He goes, I don't really have time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I forget that. Okay, who's next? And I, I thought of Scotty. Mm -hmm. And I called Scotty and he was hell yes. When, where, you know, I got, you know, I'm a huge fan. I already know the songs. And mm -hmm. so the next rehearsal at Guitar Center mm -hmm. was with all of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, you know, we started getting gigs and, mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. But um, Larry came in. Larry was going to be the first drummer. Mm -hmm. Oh, even at the beginning? We, yeah. Mm -hmm. The night that I auditioned with Robbie, it was at one of their shows, Aftershock. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and Larry said he was too busy at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But after we started going and everything, I could see Larry was getting interested in it. Mm -hmm. um, Ralphie was kind of becoming a little less available. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he was going to retire from, he was a big shot for Apple. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was going to retire, and he's got a place up in North Shore, oh, Lake beautiful. Tahoe, and he golfs, crazy, crazy golf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Really good, you mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. And so um, he, uh, all of a sudden, he, we, it was, we just, there was a chance to get Larry in the band, and we did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It wasn't a cutthroat thing. It was just a, an availability it, thing. Uh, right, right. And Ralphie was really good about it mm -hmm. and everything. And, um, I mean, you know, he, he realized that he didn't have the time. So, you guys, I know the pandemic has hurt everybody in the world, no matter what level of music you're playing or whatever. What, what in this time period that you've been doing, mm -hmm. I know you guys have been writing. Right. I've, you know, I've talked to Robbie, I've had Scotty on the show, and you guys are always very energetic that want to get back to yeah. Earthquake, right? Yeah. So are you guys writing now? Are you guys doing... Oh, we've been writing. Mm -hmm. We've been writing for, uh, God, almost two years. Oh, any kind of, uh, like, say, uh, a recording thing that you guys are Record a new album uh, with Earthquake. Yeah, we got a new. I, I know. I don't know if you have that manager or or if he's still working. We have Dennis Chunning is managing us, mm -hmm. um, and he goes way back with uh, Tommy Two Tone and uh, I, I forgot who else he was yeah. with. Um, but um, uh, we started writing songs and we're rehearsing and we're ready to go in the studio before. Mm -hmm. Right in the middle of this COVID thing, but before the fires happened this last summer. Oh, you really? We going were going to go in the the studio in June, of this pa this year. Yes, and wow. the fires just knocked everything out of the box mm -hmm. because I was on uh, um, what do you call, on call to be uh, evacuated. Right, I remember telling you, you, you uh, calling yeah. you, and you were telling me that you might have to because you said it was like a mile away from your house. It was two, two miles. miles away. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, we That's had to get our horses out. Man. We got our horses out. We got uh, moved a lot of stuff that were you know expensive things we didn't want to burn you know so that so everything went on hold so right now you guys are in the midst and then jimmy's mother-in-law passed away and him and uh tracy were taking care trading off taking care of her Mm. um and he was driving all the way to santa cruz Mm. from vacaville they were trading off and uh so now that's she finally passed and Mm -hmm. um it was she was old you know Mm -hmm. it, it was it was time Mm-hmm. I think you know. God was calling. I mean, when do you know? I mean, no one knows, yeah. man. Every day's a every day's when we're alive. Every day's a holiday. But yeah, man, you know, it feels good and all yeah. that. So when are right, so you guys are going to get together? I I remember. Okay, so just in a flash, mm-hmm. uh, this came out of my mind. I remember when you guys did that video. You did a video by yourselves, and then right. you had an audience that did a video. Yeah. I was your MC. You MC. Where did, when, when is, where is that at? Is, I mean, have you ever thought about, you know, just pushing that out and showing that to people, or? Well, they, um, they never, they recorded the whole thing, mm-hmm. but they only used bits and pieces for it, for oh. like a, like a video of what we're doing. Um, you know, here's where the band is now. Here's who's in the band. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I forgot, it's like a 10-minute video. Mm-hmm. But it's just excerpts of you starting off mm-hmm. announcing the band and, right. and all that. And then That um, was good work. Yeah. You guys did good work. It felt good. And we had PA problems during that. My mic Is, did died. You? Yeah, I had to grab Robbie's You wouldn't even have known it. I left So that kind of messed up. Yeah, because I had a... I, had a, 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 I remember. A, you know, another gay... I think we were playing that night. Something happened. I think I, you guys were, because that was like 5 o'clock. Yeah, it was good. You, you know... What I like about each each of you now uh, is that to hold tight in a band when there's a, ben, a pandemic, death, uh, sometimes disagreements. We all have that yeah. in the band. That's what makes it tighter. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really, really hope that you guys um, come back and come back, you know, like a flurry. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm I'm trying to see if there could possibly be some shows that, you know, what like Graham used to do. He mm-hmm. used to pick, yeah. that's how Y&T got their start. Yeah. And a lot of Eddie, all of them, he used to pick from, from Earthquake the- Earthquake too, yeah. Uh, Earthquake too, he'd pick yeah. from the ground level and just goes, hey man. Always gave a band a shot. Always, yeah. always, yeah. man. So it, it was, it was I a mean, uh, I think yesterday and today played, uh, Winterland didn't even have an album out yet. No, they didn't. You know? They were doing their first, yeah. what, what we all heard when they were doing yeah. uh, you Earthquake know. had already had albums. Uh, yeah. But they changed direction. They were they were kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a uh, funky kind of band at first. Mm-hmm. They, like Tower of Power almost mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. meets the Rascals. I th- <laughs> It's a weird. It, it's a good combination. It, it is. It is. If you listen to the first two albums, yeah, yeah, it sounds. I told Rob, it sounds like the Young Rascals with a horn section. Oh, you know? wow. But but um, anyway, to answer your question about, um, we're going to go in the studio, and we're not. We have enough songs for like an album and a half. Good. We, for you. we got a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. We've narrowed down the ones we want to start with. We don't know whether we're going to put an album out because I mean, albums nowadays. Yeah, it's probably an EP. Or six we're just going to... We did six. Yeah. You know. Or we might just, you know, song per song, release them with a video maybe or, mm-hmm. you know. That's even good. That's good too. That's you what some that. bands are doing. Right. And uh, so we have everything ready. We just need to to get it booked. Figure it's it probably out. be after Christmas. After, good for you. Good after for you. the new 2022. year. 2022. But... Um, I'll see you in 2022. Yeah. And, okay. it, you know, you maybe get the whole band back again yeah. and uh, get Larry and everybody here. And, uh, and then we're going to look and see what kind of shows we can get good. from that. 
Good. Because, you know, we've been doing, you know, earthquake before. We haven't added anything new. Mm -hmm. um, maybe a cover tune or something. Right, show. But, right, uh, right. You know, but anyway, uh, why don't we change this up a little bit? I, the last time I was here, I was thinking, I'd like to switch with you and ask <laughs> you some questions. Because a lot of people know who you are, mm -hmm. but they don't know How everything well. about where you started, mm -hmm. who were your influences, who was your favorite guitar player that you ever had? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to ask you all that right now. Well, let's, well shoot, you got to change places with me. Yeah, okay. okay. For Here sure. Here we go. Here all we right, go. let me get my water. Okay, go right ahead. All right. Okay. Oh, this is, this is kind of interesting. This is, this is kind of <coughs> a luxury, especially when you're doing it with one of your friends, favorite friends when, uh, you know, for all these years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be, you're going to um, introduce me now. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm Johnny O'Day, and this is uh, Gregory Correa's uh, TV show, Harmonics. And I'm going to you know, turn the tables on him a little bit and get him up here and uh, ask him a couple questions about what happened with him in the beginning, how he, you know, became a, a singer, how mm -hmm. he, who influenced him. Uh, same kind of things you were asking me, but mm -hmm. the first thing I want to ask you is, okay, mm -hmm. you, you come from a Hispanic background. Mm -hmm. Portuguese um, and Italian, European. Portuguese, Italian. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> when you when you were seven years old and you had the record, you know, the phonograph. Yeah, yeah. And the albums in it. Yes, yeah. Who were the albums that were in that phonograph? Uh, the 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 albums uh, that my parents. It was really my parents were my biggest influence at first. Uh, they were listening to like Miles Davis. My dad would always say, "Hey, you got to listen to this wow. guy, uh, Duke Ellington." Um, you know, Louis Armstrong is the first person I've ever a seen. Jazz. A lot of jazz. And because he was a trumpet player when he was a kid. But the first person I ever saw, uh, ever musician I ever saw was Louis Armstrong. Wow. At, in in uh, the Carnation Pavilion in uh, Disneyland. He, and he took us there and he said, you're going to watch this man. And I'll never forget it with Louis. And I, I was like stunned because here this man came out um, and he had <coughs> such a, a vibrant feeling. I was looking at this guy, and I'm going, "This guy is amazing." Yeah. And he was more than what so. you saw on TV. Exactly. He was yeah. live right in front of me, from here to where the camera is right yeah. now. Uh, and then as it went along, Elvis. Elvis. Okay. Elvis was really the first guy that I actually could hear, and I started actually calling girls up at around 10 years old, <laughs> nine or 10 years old, and singing to them, "Are you lonesome tonight?" <laughs> You know, we started doing that, and right. uh, and then that is cool. I never thought about doing that. I should, yeah, let's go know, back. That's yeah. what we did, and then you know, um, just started listening to all that. And then you know, of course, my my parents would always encourage my brother and I. My brother was a drummer. He was a drummer, and uh, you know, from the very beginning, it was you know. And, but we had never played together. And then how we really started was my first band was uh, my father was the Beatles, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that, my first band was basically with Dave Camarello and oh, my brother really? Mark. And we didn't have instruments. We actually sang the Beatles songs. So in other words, my dad would make us instruments. I was Paul McCartney, you know, <laughs> and David was John Lennon. My brother was right. Ringo Starr. And we actually would uh, have wooden things and we got the 45s. And we used to sing these songs to all the girls in the neighborhood, and we became really popular just doing that. <laughs> that and then we'd cool. call other girls on the phone and start singing to them at St. Anthony, St. Elizabeth, right. Mr. Bodell, you know, doing things like that. And um, 
Yeah, and then um, after that, I, there was a guy uh, in junior high. Uh, his name was Sam Zubich. I was about 12 years old, 13 years old. And he uh, came up to me. He goes, okay, Gregory, man, I heard you, you like to sing. And, and I go, I do, because I learned it through Catholic schools, like you were saying mm -hmm. earlier. And uh, he said, come on over to my house. I got an amp, and oh. I got a Gretsch. He got a brand new Gretsch. Right on. And um, at that particular time, he was hanging out with the syndicate, syndicate of sound doing Hey Little Girl. Mm -hmm. He wasn't playing with him, but the guy across the street was, Peter, uh, Pete Hernandez. And um, so we got, went to his house, and he says, hey, do you know any songs? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, what are they? And I go, um, I could do Hey Little Girl. I could do um, uh, Little Latin Loopy Lou. You know, uh, I could do, uh, you know, I do a lot of Stone stuff. He goes, well, do you know Last Time? I go, of course I know Last this Time. This could be Last Time. You know, dun, dun, you know, yeah. and we started doing it. And we immediately hit off and we became best of friends. We were in probably, a, we were an award-winning band. We were on the radio. We, we did Battle of the Bands. We did Battle of the Bands with Clifford Lancaster and Phil Calderon and David Escara and uh, Fat Eddie and uh, Tommy Moore. We just dev we we're devastating uh, bands locally. We were um, on KPFA and, and now was that Peak? Yeah, no, no. Peak came Peak came after I was <clears> in a <throat> blues band called PG Stone Band, which was a great band. We actually played with uh, Wine and Roses, the lady that took care of all the prisons. Oh. And I was like 19 years old, and I was just doing blues, mm -hmm. and it was kind of like uh, we were great. We played at Soledad, and we played at. Um, Vacaville State Prison. When we wow. played at Soledad, we played right after B.B. King. <laughs> and, um, you know, what, what I mean by that, B.B. came on, was, th was there uh, earlier, and then oh, okay. we came on after, and we'd never seen B.B. Right. But when we did that show, we were out in, the, in Soledad, and we were in a huge uh, baseball field. Mm -hmm. It was just packed with, and, there, you know, the guard uh, were looking down like this at us, Oof. and we're playing, and... Uh, it was crazy. After it was all done, we got to eat in the prison, and then we uh, were leaving. And I'll never forget this side. I wish I had a camera then or the phone. You know how we have our mm -hmm. phone. Yeah. There was about a thousand people with their arms out like this, guys. We walked out. It was such an, an, an amazing thing wow. to see all their hands out like that. The following month, I think, or maybe a little further, we played Vacaville, and that was another thing. I was thinking to myself, man, these guys are these guys are coming in with babes, man. And I'm going like, you know, and then I look close. I go, this ain't a, this, she's was, not a babe. Yeah. This is a guy dressed. Oh. Well, it was, you know, it was at that time, you know how times were back then. Yeah. And then um, I asked the sound guy because it was actually, we played in front of like a 1,500 inmates. And I asked the guy, I go, what are you in here for, man? Thanks for doing my sound, right? We're doing a sound check. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, he says, uh, I, 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 uh, I killed eight people. I said, oh, shoot, I don't want to even buy you, you know, because, you know, outside. I kind of went back into with the band and with the sheriff. Or, you yeah, you're waiting for a ship. Yeah, yeah. You're saying, okay, you're going to walk with me out. And, and, and they told, and, you know, they told us always never to go in the bathroom alone. Oh, man. So we didn't do that. And, you know, that was a great experience. They locked us in Especially a the cage. Shower. They put us in a cage and then followed us out. Oh, you man. know, so and guys were, you know, guys were, you know, uh, they brought their girlfriends and that was a big mistake. 
So could you imagine? Oh man, these guys haven't seen a woman. Right, in... right. and so they're doing oh. their little trip. You know, they're doing oh. their stuff in the jail. Like we're going down this, uh, you know, the, like the cell block. Kind of like that movie. What was that movie? Um, I don't know what it was, I, but man, I seen oh. it live and in color, and I was going like, man, why oh. did you bring? I tell him, Bruce and. Why did you bring your girlfriends, man? This is crazy, you know. And that's know, what we're seeing, right? Yeah, in a prison, you just wow. don't do it. And that was cool. And then right after that, um, I got a phone call from my brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, he. What was your brother's name? Mark. Mark. Marco. Okay. We call him Marco. <clears throat> and uh, and then we said, um, you know. He said, "Hey, man, I want you to audition for my band. I got Vince Black, and I got a few other people." I remember that, man. And uh, Vince became a two-time Grammy nominee, and we became peak. I had to, what's interesting, we, my house in Oakland was pretty big. You've been there. Yeah. And so it was, we had the recording, I mean, not a recording studio, but we had our studio upstairs. My parents never, ever, ever, ever cared that we were, like, doing that. Uh, but I had to audition. I'm walking up the steps. I'm going, I got to audition in my own house, <laughs> a house that I don't live That's in anymore. Weird, but I'm 19 years old or 20, right? And I'm living with some chick. And I'm going like, man, why am I here? I'm going, I'm, I'm walking up the steps. I go, I got an audition for my brother. Well, the first person I seen right when I walked in was Vince Black. And then, of course, I knew Alex and I knew, the, uh, uh, of course, my brother. Mm -hmm. And we did Matros. They go, oh, can you yeah. do any Matros? I said, right of course on. I could do. And that's when Sammy... Uh, was just breaking in with Matros right. and um, that's one of the first songs I did too was uh, a Matros song you know it was just yeah. I had an opportunity to audition for Ronnie that thing too that's yeah. a whole other different yeah. thing yeah well that'd be another show yeah, yeah another show and uh, that we became very popular came real close we were looking at a record deal uh, for seven at that time in 1978 Eddie was Eddie's um, Eddie Money's uh, lawyer was David Orwitz and he was also our representative mm -hmm. I'm sitting across from uh, Michael Sunday, who discovered uh, Blue Cheer and other bands, and he's telling us he wants this band, you know, Alex Samarianto, Jerry Iman, Vince Black, Marco Correa, and myself, and he offered us $775,000. Oh, my God. For, uh, for, an al for uh, albums. That would also, you know, it sounded big. That's and crazy. And lo and behold, we do a, a thing with Jerry Pompili over at the Sweetwater. Right. My manager comes in with a crazy look, and we're going like, what the hell, what's he doing? And, and he says, you know when you guys are playing, and you know, on those three little day tours? And we go, yeah, and he goes, well, you know, I, I fell in love. And we're going, that's good. He goes, no, it isn't good. I fell in love with Vince's wife. And man, it was oh. like whole chaos. It was like, are you kidding? You know, yeah. it's, and it just ruined the whole thing. And people wonder how, you know, bands, that kind of stuff happens with, you know, relationships or women. And oh, or it's just crazy. Or... It was really sad. I thought that that was going to be my point. Then David Orwitz, then David Orwitz died right after that. Oh, so man. because, you know, he was Eddie's. I was walking out when Eddie was walking. Eddie and Jimmy, I'll never forget it because he lived in, um, in Berkeley. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, was, Jimmy and Eddie were walking out and Eddie says to me, he goes, hey, man, you guys are next. Because that's when he got signed. Because we were there. We did the same thing for Clive Davis that right. Eddie did. Yeah, that's and, a big name. You know, and then after that, we kind of like dissipated. Then all of a sudden, I kind of like just wandered through other bands. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, the Propellers was a great band. Right. Hype and Red was a great band. Hype and, and Red, I remember that. You know, it was just really great bands. We to play Niles. Little Finger was that Little band? Little Finger yeah. with Johnny, uh, yeah. uh, Johnny Perello. Pink. And then I kind of just Rest stopped for 20-something years. Yeah. Children. 
I did that too. But you I'm know not, what I'm saying? Yeah. And now I'm in a, a great band. Uh, you know, I'm going to bring it up to present. Oh, you guys day. are awesome. You Thank you, man. Really good blues. Uh, blues rock. You guys remind me of like Bad Company, <laughs> just a heavier Bad Company. Thank you. You know? You know. I mean, the, the, the guitar tones, everything, the voice, it's all there. Mm -hmm. You guys, and, and the tunes are just very well written. Mm -hmm. You know? Thank I mean, you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I you know how much I love. I mean, I when we do a gig together, it's fun. It's fun, but <laughs> I'm backstage trying to get ready to come on, and I can't enjoy you more than two songs, and right. I got to go in the you back. You got to go in the back, right? And get ready, right. you know, right. do my voice exercises and mm -hmm. change and all that. But okay, a couple more quick things. Okay. Uh, Sammy Hagar does this thing where he he'll ask you a question and mm -hmm. ask his guest, mm -hmm. um, one thing or one thing, which one do you like better? Okay. Okay, so. You just did a Van Halen thing recently. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, Edward. Edward Van Halen. Edward Van Halen. Yeah. Okay. So now, which one did you like? Which one do you prefer, Van Hagar, Van Halen? That is a very tough question because I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've met Sammy and he's a great guy. You know, and David Lee Roth. You know, when Roth yeah. came out, and I mean, that was Van Halen. Yeah. I mean, how do you mess with that? You know, but. That's a hard one. So, so I'm gonna do this. I liked them both at their periods of time. Right. That's that's. I can't that. change the whole thing, but for me, the full circle came when David came back. Right. Uh, when they did the. And album. that was 2015, uh, when they did their tour, and then you know, and then they did another tour after that, and they did you know, I, what was this, the you know tattoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was a, a great thing, but in all actuality, I can never really. That's a hard one because I, I like them both because yeah, it is tough. One was talking about the devil and the other one was talking about love. So, I mean, it was and I like them both. OK, one more. OK. And this is three people. OK. Page, mm -hmm. Beck or Hendrix. That's let's three make, of my. <laughs> let's make it easy. OK, let's make it easy. OK. Who was the first one out of those three? Oh, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy Hendrix? Jimmy. Jimmy. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, but then again, let, let's, okay, so you're talking about three of my favorite, I know, favorite guitar players. Yeah, and, that's and a you, tough one. It is a very tough one. If I had to, you know, and Eddie, and, and Edward Van Halen and, and Jimmy are playing up in heaven right now, and right. we got Beck and Paige still, thank goodness. Um, God, that's a hard one. But Paige and, and, and Beck are two of my favorites. I'd have to go with Jimmy Page after that, yeah, then Beck, because the body of work. Yeah, he's Page. got more of a vocal body of work with with a singer and stuff. I mean, I love all of Jeff Beck stuff. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, one of my first songs I learned was "Ain't Superstitious." Yeah, you know, you, you didn't have that's a standard. It was a Willie Dixon tune, but how they did it, and just being able to, um, you know, I actually played with uh, Harvey Mandel, the great Harvey Mandel. Yeah. And Pete Sears was on stage with me. Right. Starship. Oh, Starship, you name it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, and so I'm on stage with, with those two legends, and Harvey asked me to come on, and he goes, what do you want to do? And I go, what would you like to do? He goes, let's do Hoochie Coochie Man, Chicago style. I, he goes, what key you want to go? I go, do, let's do it A. So I'm singing the song during the middle of the thing, and I know we got it, we're running out of time here. And I hear this voice, and it's this, man made just so good. And it was Pete Sears. Uh, for this, that's the only time in my life I think I've ever been starstruck. Wow! Why? Because I turned around and I visualized this guy who's played with 
everybody. Yeah. And I said, hey, you know what? I went back and, and you, I, could, I could feel it, Harvey pushing the line. Mm -hmm. But Pete Sears, I want to give a shout out to Pete Sears. Pete Sears is a gentleman. Yeah. Um, and uh, we could go on for hours, but. Uh, yeah, we, you, we should do this again. We shall do it again. Because we need more time. But before we go. Okay. Because it's my show now. <laughs> okay. okay. You mentioned Air Raid, and I, I want to give Air Raid a little more kudos. Okay. Um, because we went off on something yeah. else. That band uh, was the most fun for me. It, it, it was the, I, when I saw those guys, we were like supporting them. And mm -hmm. I thought, man, I want to be in a band like that. I was watching our sound check at mm -hmm. Keystone Palo Alto. Mm -hmm. And I get a call about a month later, they're looking for me. Mm -hmm. So to be able to get in that band and then all the lifelong friendships I made mm -hmm. out of that band mm -hmm. and, uh, and the fun that we had, mm -hmm. and it was like right in the middle of the 80s. Mm -hmm. I got to say that was probably the funnest band I was ever in and, and probably the one I loved the most. I, I love Earthquake. I don't want, let's put Earthquake it's, aside. You got to push it like to how I did Sammy right. and, and, and uh, Last David question did. is, what was your favorite band where you, you thought that you guys probably had the best shot and you probably already mentioned them, the, the mm -hmm. one that you had the record deal, mm -hmm. but you had the most fun and were brothers. Mm -hmm. um, what, what would that be? Peak. 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 Yeah. Because there was such a, a chemistry there and we were like combustion. Yeah. You know when you had that feel? Yep. I'm not taking anything away from Blue Voodoo, but just, like just getting that, exactly. You can't, yeah. Just, they're just, it's just a, you know, to be, for us to still be in it, yeah. we're artists, I, and I, 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 you know this, and we've talked about this before, yeah. I don't care who, who is opening or closing. Yeah, I don't either. I would be, I, if you put me on the big stages and you on the big stage right. with the big sound, we'd be matching right up with flip a coin that's right <laughs> so you know i'm gonna go now i'm gonna thank you for being all right my thank you for being on my show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like to uh really thank you know just you show how much respect we have for each other uh you know it's uh, johnny and i go way back a long time yeah. uh it's been great having you here brother thank you man you know thank you we man. finally did it yeah you know and and you know i want to thank everybody i want to thank my crew that, you know, Chad and Great Terrain crew. and, you know, Sue Joy. It's the end of, this is our last show for this year. Um, I am grateful for all of you for what you do for me and uh, our audience that watches us every day. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm humble in your presence because this man right here, I've known for over 45 years, he's a gift to me. Thank you. Just like Thank the you. other three that are, I just named, you guys are my brothers too and hopefully next year 2022 will be the best year yet for all of us i like to thank all the people that have watched our show i like to give a kiss to everybody to our wives and our families merry christmas happy new year thank you once again for watching harmonics peace and love to y'all